typically what we've heard about DNA doesn't change. And that's true. Our DNA doesn't change. But how that DNA is going to express itself can most definitely change. This is the Begin Within podcast, where we believe real, lasting health and fitness requires you to start inside before you work out. I'm your host, Nate Slegger, and I'm here to show you behind the scenes of fitness. You already know exercise is good for you, but what about all the other things in life that affect your fitness? If you're looking for extra motivation to get started or to make sure you keep going, this is the place for you. Produced by BeginWithin.fit. If you are working on getting healthier, losing weight, improving your fitness, whatever it is, but you have this feeling that you should be getting better results, you're just not sure what you might be doing wrong. Well, I want to tell you, you are not alone. And that is the very reason why I wrote my latest book, Five Ways You're Wrecking Your Weight Loss, so that you can take a look at five of the most common reasons I see that people aren't getting the results that they deserve for all their hard work. Just five really quick fixes that can get you headed toward the results that you want. Check it out. You can download it by going to beginwithin.fit, clicking on the ebook button, or clicking on the link in the show notes. Check out my book. Let me know what you think. My guest today is Julian Hayes II. He is an author an executive health and corporate wellness consultant, and the founder of The Art of Fitness and Life. His mission is to help entrepreneurs, executives, and high-achieving individuals live healthier, richer, and longer lives so they can run around with their great-great-grandchildren. This mission is accomplished through precision, performance, longevity. We're going to talk about what that means in our episode today, um, our interview is is one of my favorites that that I've had just because it deals with a topic that I'm not super familiar with. You're going to hear me admit to that <laughs> in the interview, which which is awesome. It, it was an opportunity for me to learn about an area of health and wellness and working on on improving health that I'm not really familiar with and. Uh, chances are it might be new for you as well. So there'll be some really cool things that you will be able to take away from my conversation with Julian Hayes. So a, a few things that I want you to listen for, a few themes, if you will. And the first one is one that we've talked about before, but I don't think you could repeat it enough. And it's curiosity about what you are capable of. If you went all the way back to my very first interview in episode number two, um, we touched on that theme. Finding out what you're capable of can be such a rewarding process, such an exciting adventure. So you're going to hear that that's really ultimately what got Julian 
going on the path that that brought him to where he is now. So enjoy that aspect of his story and think about how it might relate to you. Secondly, control. The word control comes up a lot. And I want you to take note of when he says it. Um, and he's he's going to admit that that's kind of something that is really important to him. Uh, but <laughs> what I want you to do is listen for it in the sense of how you can have some influence, exert some control over your health. And of course, we're here because we know that that's possible. But you're going to learn that it's a lot more possible than what you even thought. It's going to really open your mind to that. So enjoy that, our discussion around the word control. And then finally, optimum, or optimal, sorry, optimal health. Reading my notes here. Optimal health. Listen for what Julian says about optimal health. Because that ends up being a very important piece of my conversation with him. He's going to revisit that a couple of times. So enjoy my interview with Julian Hayes II. My origin story probably started when I was about 16. Okay. And there was a, up until that point, I, I didn't come from that healthy of a background. And so I didn't have my first salad or none of that stuff. I'm about 20 years old. Okay. And I, I played sports, but I just had an unhealthy diet. But you can eat whatever you want when you're pr- pretty much that age and you're, ath- and you're right. playing athletics. And there's an older gentleman playing basketball with us. And he's just running up and down the court really good with us. I'm like, wow, I've never been around anyone with gray hairs who's just running so well. And I had to talk to this guy afterward because he's totally changing my paradigm. And some of the advice he gives me is very basic, you know, like eat healthy, um, talk to yourself in an empowering way, exercise, move your body. Very basic advice. Yeah. But still, it's not like the next moment the next day I had this Rocky montage of just being super healthy now, it, but I think he planted a seed in me definitely. And so when I got to college, I really started to focus on transforming my own body. I got more into health and then I went to medical school in New York. And then I left after a year of medical school because I just, you know, through chance encounters up there. And I love that. I love the topic of health, but I didn't necessarily love the, the aspect of being a potential surgeon. Okay. And so I started personal training and I got more curious with just with myself to see how far can I push my body? What are some other things I can do? And I got a little more interested in extending lifespan, health span, and well span and having all three of those. And, you know, I, I started with my own family looking into genetics and everything, seeing how we had certain issues that came up through lineages and some of the other things were never found and that other families had these things and then they didn't have what we had. And I found mentors and then I just gradually just my curiosity leads me to try different things. And I love data and I love to measure things because I'm a stubborn guy like most people are. And data is very impartial because data has no emotions. It just is. And so that formed the whole basis of kind of what I do now of where it's a, where I use a lot of technology and I use a lot of data to kind of make more pre- precise and bespoke plans. 
Got it. Yeah. So the word epigenetics, am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Epigenetics. Yes. I've, I, and I've heard about it. I listen to podcasts and, um, but we have, we honestly haven't talked about it here on this show, like now a year and counting. So I'm curious to dig in a little bit mm-hmm. into it. If you don't mind, could you tell us? Yeah. And I think you already scratched the surface, but what, mm-hmm. what, what is that field of study and yeah. how, I mean, how does it, how does it impact each of us? Yeah, so when you hear the word epigenetics, the word epi means above, and then genetics is the gene. So it means above the gene. So typically when we've heard about DNA, it doesn't change. And that's true. Our DNA doesn't change. But how that DNA is going to express itself can most definitely change. And that's the epigenetics of it. And how it's going to change is basically the, the daily decisions and lifestyle choices that we make on a continual basis. So if your human body and DNA is the hardware, then this epigenetics and the foods you eat, the way you exercise, sleep, stress, all these different things, even your vocation, that is part of the software that's going to input and communicate with that hardware on how to operate and express itself. You know, for example, the habit of exercising consistently over a six month period, I believe it's around, you can positively modify up to 6,000 genes just from exercising. So we think about exercising. Yes. We think about it from looking good. Right. But we don't think about what's it doing internally because optimal health is a inside outside job. And then we also don't think about that. We're not just eating for ourselves today. So like for me, if I have kids, you know, how I'm taking care of my body is going to genetically benefit them and even the generations afterward. Because, you know, there's plenty of studies that we can look at where depending on how people live during certain war periods, those influences were seen on the genome of people two and three generations after. So we actually have a lot of influence on people. So it's not just us, but it's people way after us that we may not even see that we can positively affect just by the way we go about our days. Yeah. I'm excited you brought that up. I was actually just reading a book that was talking about just that, but, and it was uh, with regard to stress. And Mm -hmm. um, I think specifically the study that they were citing was um, a group that, you know, severely uh, severe food shortages due to, due to the war. I forget. The Dutch famine. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. And how it, but like you said, how it, um, impacted the children of those people mm-hmm. as a result of what they had gone through. So with epigenetics in particular, we're trying to create that we're we're trying to influence that process positively. Yeah. You're essentially you're essentially I like to say you're essentially performing alchemy or you're performing magic. You like you have a <laughs> lot more in you have a lot more influence over your body than you think you do. And you know when you mention that study that's trauma trauma can most definitely affect us you know if trauma as a kid can can show up as an adult obviously but also in basically ways of like this balance of um, GABA and glutamic in your brain that can be a little shifting as well because one of the things we look at is how do you process grains and sometimes people have to be a little more mindful of their grain consumption their glutamic acid consumption because 
it's going to keep them up at night and they don't get rid of it as well. And so when you have the GABA and the glutamate and it's off balance, then it's harder to sleep at night. And that's why you have some people who get in the bed and they're just looking up at the ceiling at night and you're like, okay, so I had grains for dinner. Grains are perfectly fine, but some people just don't process them as well. Got it. So what I'm, I'm trying to think of how that, like, so their DNA, how does, how does that, I guess, how, how does the DNA come in there? They're. And um, so it's, it's different. It's so it's different genes and different methylation marks is what you're looking at. Okay. And so let's use for, let's use, let's use, for example, some of the APO genes, APOE genes. These are genes that basically are going to help you process saturated fat. Okay. And some of us like myself have genes that are a little more lenient for that. So I can process saturated fat from like steak, like a butter, not as much problem, but we have others who have a certain uh, genotype where the saturated fat over consumption over, you know, 20, 25%, 15% or so over time can lead to more incidence of cognitive decline just mm. because they're not able to process that saturated fat as well. And so this is, you know, this is why you hear, okay, keto diet or carnivore diet, just eat steak, just eat steak and et cetera. Right. Yeah. But some of us cannot process that just Got from it. our genotype. Okay. So it's, it, so someone who has cognitive decline, um, you know, their family like, well, it's just in our DNA, right? It's just going to happen. Yeah. We're programmed to that's, that's what we inherited. But the reality is that's true, but it only got flipped on maybe by that person and their, the way they consume saturated fat throughout their Absol- life. Absolutely. It's pretty much like a light switch and you okay. can actually, you can, you can flip that light switch. You can turn it on. Maybe it's off, but certain things you do, it, you end up running into it and yeah. now the light bulb comes on. But that okay. light bulb's always going to stay the same color. It's always been there. Because, for example, my family, we have a high prevalence of diabetes, blood sugar issues, and you know, then that leads to cardiovascular issues, and then that can sometimes lead to dialysis. So I have a high propensity, and I always use the word propensity because nothing's set in stone because yeah. DNA offers clues to your past, and then the epigenetics, you can kind of mold your future. So that's kind of how I look at that. And all, all your DNA has told you is where you came from. And that's pretty much it, but you control how things progress from there. So in my family, we had, I'm in the highest category in terms of blood sugar dysregularities and those kind of things. Now, is it, is it manifesting? Is it showing up? No. And you, you can do that because I can go to get my A1C test. I can go look at my fasting glucose. I can go look at my fasting insulin and I can see that this propensity that I have is not showing up. Now, if I, let's say I fall off the wayside and don't take care of myself for a while, most likely that's going to be an area, one of the first areas that probably would show up for me more than something uh, in the cognitive aspect of things. Got it. Interesting. Okay, cool. I, I feel like I had so many questions and, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm understanding this. I'm not a data guy, by the way. So oh, you're I, not, <laughs> I love, I love it though. Like I'm like, yeah. yeah, let's geek out for a little bit. I, I, so thank you for all your work, figuring this all out so you can share it with me. 
<laughs> yeah, so, I, I just yeah, I'm just I'm just so stubborn, man. That um <laughs> and I I I don't know why I, I just love it, but I, I do love like one of the most exciting aspects I remember do, doing for myself at first was I, I would I would have my lab testing, I would have my my uh reports, and then I have this other monitor device that I had on for three days that measured every heartbeat. And then I could just see different periods of the day where I didn't feel stressed, but I was actually stressed. And then I can trace back some activities to say, oh, okay, doing this kind of thing actually does stress me out a lot more than I think. And so I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just fascinating. Yeah, no, it's super fascinating. So I am curious to, I want to pick your brain. So the, like the word control keeps coming up as I'm listening, right? So Absolutely. I feel That's a like very good insight. I feel like um, you know, there's two ways. There's probably two approaches people will have to that. Some are like, oh, this is awesome. Like I can, you know, be the author of my my own future with this, you know, this information. Mm-hmm. And then I I wonder if there are people as well that are like, this is overwhelming. Like I I I I wish it was just my DNA and there's nothing I could do about it. <laughs> Yeah. Do you find that there's kind of like uh two two opposite ends of the spectrum? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's a very keen insight there. I you could you could probably just listen to me and say this guy loves control. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love and the funny thing is I realize I don't control much in life, but it's the illusion and the feeling of control that I that I like. And so what I do now is I typically get a feel for the person. So I don't typically just say, here's all your data or anything. Okay. Go with it. So I, I don't, I don't do that. And I see all that. And then I tell them just like a story and the results or something from it. If they want more details, we can most definitely go down rabbit holes. Okay. Most people do not care. Most people do not care. They're like, cool. Okay how does this get to my result? Okay. You know, you know, so how does this make things more efficient for me or or give me more of a peace of mind? Yeah. And then we go from there, but, and I typically don't start just using every single test and tool in the the utility belt, because like you mentioned, it's overwhelming to a lot of people, like a, a person who's more of a beginner. A lot of these things are not necessarily needed. Knowing your blueprint, your DNA code. I think everyone should know that, but start using different heart wearables and tracking heart rates and variations and different inflammation tests from day one. Probably not. It's going to overwhelm them. We probably need to build a, you know, the foundation in the house first before we get all these things. And, you know, cause some of the things, cause I tell people also, you know, cause I talk about living well beyond hundred years old and it's hard for people to phantom that idea because their existing paradigm is a lot of time is average life expectancy is 77. A lot of times the people, as they get older, getting older to most people means getting colder all the time. Your metabolism drops, you got stubborn weight. You don't feel as sharp. You just don't, you just don't feel like yourself. And so who wants to sign up for 50 plus more years of that? I don't blame them. So it's, it's a branding problem. We got to rebrand what we think <laughs> about aging. <laughs> and it's the same thing about this is if you know, then if you know what you have a propensity for, 
then that means you take back control. You have the initiative yeah. to change the course of history after you. You don't have to be what people were before you. I think it's empowering, but I also understand how it can be scary to have all that power in your hand because that means you have to t- you have more responsibility and you kind of don't have an out into an excuse anymore because you have this information now. Right. Yeah. I love it. I I'm, I mean, I, I love the, how, how deep, you know, we're getting, I mean, I, and that's what we're all about here. I'm begin with it. Um, what, what would you do? I like, how do you tell me what, if you can just briefly, like, how do you, what do you do with somebody? How do you help them? If I, if I'm like, uh, Julian, I'm ready to rock. What do we do? Yeah. Well, of course, we're, we're going to do a very thorough assessment, getting all that data, but I need to see where, where you currently are. More importantly, where do you want to go? And I care more about where you want to go. I don't care really about where you are, you know, or, or where, you're, where you've been, because the past is the past. And I'm yeah. all about where do you want to go? So I'm getting crystal clear on where you want to go. So before even hooking up anybody with any machines or sending, mailing them any tests or anything, I like to do a, what I call a health audit, a health vision, and really define what optimal health means to you. What does it feel like? How are you moving throughout the day? How do you look? What kind of clothes are you wearing? You know, who are the people around you? And really expand optimal health beyond yourself. Like think about your relationships because that affects your health. Think about your vocation because that affects your health. So every single facet of life and be really specific and be honest with yourself. I don't care if you are at rock bottom right now, what's the standard that you want? That's what's most important. So don't let your present circumstances influence anything about your future or anything that you think that you want. And so that's the first thing I do because a lot of times in the the fitness industry, people come in and you know this definitely, most people think they want to come in and be super lean and look great on the beach. But as we go about the process, it's something totally different. And that goal that they really thought they wanted wasn't really what they wanted. It's the goal that they were programmed to want. And they saw everybody else wanted from Instagram and, and TV and everything. So that's usually where I start. So before we start bringing out all the fancy tools and gadgets, we get a little old school and start doing a vision first. Old school, like conversation. Yes. Figure it out. Cool. Yes. So now I guess, and this is my limited um, understanding here. I feel like there must be so many different, and you mentioned rabbit holes, like so many different rabbit holes that you could go down when you're looking at someone's genome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you use, do you use the vision then to kind of guide where, where you go from there? Or do you have like a broad kind of, look at at all of that and you're like okay these are the big things like let's start here how how does that work yeah so typically i can usually identify okay these are some areas that probably need to be addressed and after seeing what they're coming in for but i usually just to get buy-in and to build rapport whatever that they think there is whatever they think is their main issue Mm -hmm. i'm going to look through the lens of everything in that regard so if I think they need to focus on sleep and that's an issue with them, but they come in and all they can focus on is weight. Then when I mention sleep, I'm going to mention sleep in the context and relate it to weight. Okay. 
So I relate everything to whatever their current paradigm is just so we can get the buy-in because at first I used to be a drill sergeant when I, um, when I worked one-on-one with people in the training, I was very militant. I have, I have, I was very militant. It was, and I treated everyone like I treated myself in athletics. Right. So it's just, you do it. I don't care how you feel your feelings. Who cares about your feelings? You just do it. You just got to do it. And obviously, you know, that can, that can, we all have different personalities. So that's some problems. So I had to go back to the drawing board and actually learn empathy and these soft skills. Right. <laughs> and so that's why, we, you know, with, with all the D, with all the data and everything, it's a story in my head that helps me kind of see where things lie, but more importantly, I'm going to listen to them and see where they're coming from. And then I'm going to tailor everything through that lens. Got it. Yeah. I, I would imagine, like I said, I it could be such a complicated, like I could, like you could probably just create volumes for someone to sort mm-hmm. through as far as results. Hey, do this and this will happen. Like, or, yeah. or you have a propensity for, for this if, if you don't make an adjustment. Yeah. Um, but I will admit though that, you know, see, that's the thing right there. But when you start really nitpicking every little thing, that's when you get to like the, like the icing on the cake right? It makes a difference, but is it going to be a huge difference in the grand scheme of things? Maybe not depending on your goals. Like for me, I'm very specific in my training regimen and everything right now, right? So those small details matter. But for most people, I don't even know if we're consistently sleeping right yet, you know, exercising and nutrition. So yes, we have all these tools and gadgets and technologies available, but the fundamentals still matter. And so we, we can't get lost in that because a lot of people want the limitless pill. You know, they want yeah. this limitless pill, right? Yep. But they're not even doing things like sleeping efficiently, which right. is important for your brain. Or they're not even probably exercising, getting the weekly minimum amount or so. So it's that's why it's, it's kind of, it's like a pendulum, right? We have all these things, but we're not going to bring these things out until I know we have a strong foundation. Because these okay. things are much more effective when you have this strong foundation, first and foremost. Got it. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. And that's, I mean, I think I have found the same. Like, if we can keep it simple mm-hmm. initially and find ways to get those big pieces in place, we're going to have a foundation to get into the details later. So Yeah. And most people, like you said, most people are overwhelmed by the details. I just, I just like it. I, I'm okay with complexity. It's exciting for me. I'm a, like, some things don't have an answer. Some things are, a lot of things are, it depends, or let's wait and see. Let's test it out. I'm okay with those answers. Most people are not. So it's, you know, so a lot of this is psychology as well. When you're, when you're talking and communicating with people, a lot of it is psychology and seeing, okay, what's this person's personality type. And I think personality type also plays a, a role in, selecting the type of you know diet and nutritional regimen that you're going to use as well yeah is and and just kind of wrapping up i want to ask you know how you'd recommend somebody get started like in view of our conversation and maybe they're not necessarily ready to go do a ton of digging but yeah with this awareness now of epigenetics and um what we've been talking about how we can modify our genes what would be in your mind, the best like first step for someone to, to actually start uh, 
having an influence on, on their future health. Yeah. I, we brushed, we kind of brushed upon it earlier where we talked about the health vision and, and really setting the standard for yourself. But the first thing to extending your health span, your wellspan, your lifespan is to sell yourself on the idea that it's possible first and foremost. And it starts with mindsets. If you look at the centenarians, one of the reasons that they live a long time is because they have a reason to live a long time. They have some, they have a purpose. They have a mission. See, a lot of times in the States here, we talk about retirement. And when we talk about retirement, we're done. We just want to sit. And if you don't give your, I believe I can't prove this, but if you don't give your body a reason to do anything, it's not going to do anything. And it's just going to a trophy. I've seen too many times in my family that, cause I come from a blue collar background where they worked themselves hard, got to this retirement, and now they just want to rest and do nothing. And then a few years they get sick or something or something happens just yeah. because I think that life force, they didn't give themselves a reason to keep going. It's why we see presidents. A lot of times presidents typically live a very long life and it's a highly stressful job. And we, and, but we're like, okay, this is a highly stressful job. They're probably not sleeping as efficiently as they should. Right. How are they still living such a long life? And I believe it's because they always have things to live for. Like, they start doing humanitarian efforts or they find a way to get involved. So in a nutshell, yes, I think everyone should at some point go get their, go get a genetic test and go next time you go to your, get an annual checkup, get a full annual checkup. So you can have a baseline of what your health is right now. And you can compare that in the future. I think those things are great, but first and foremost, it starts in our mindset and really selling yourself on the idea. And also getting crystal clear on what optimal health is means to you and the direction that you want to steer and the example that you want to set. That's awesome. I like it. Um, how can people follow your work? Yeah. Just the home basis, the art of fitness and life.com and everything will be there. Awesome. We'll link that in the show notes. Julian Hayes. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much, man. I enjoyed this. All right. What did you think? Did you learn about a new concept or learn more about one that, that you didn't know a ton about epigenetics. So interesting, right? And maybe we think about it in terms of like food sensitivities, uh, you know, that, that type of area. But my mind was just blown by the interview, especially you, you know, that I loved this was we can positively modify up to 6,000 different genes from working out consistently. Isn't that awesome? That I, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to be sharing that, you better believe, with lots of people going forward. We talked about that word control, right? We joked about it during the interview. I told you to listen for it. But what I want you to leave with is a feeling of empowerment from this episode, knowing that you have so much influence propensity to influence so much about your health in the future. And of course, it, it comes down to the decisions that we're making right now. And again, for some people, that's super exciting. Here we go. I can't wait to live a better life in the future because of what I'm doing today. And certainly there, there are others, right? It's just easier maybe to say like, well, it's just my DNA. Things are going to happen anyway. Um, I'm just programmed to get, 
you know, sick at this certain point or get this certain disease, um, just like my, my parents did or whatever the case is, right? Um, this is an opportunity for all of us to kind of check in on how we are doing when it comes to the attention and the focus that we're putting on our own health and well-being. So important that we do that. Just check in right now. Are you doing the best that you can to improve your health? Not just for for you, but for the people around you, for the community, for others who you can help and you can positively influence as long as you have the ability to do it. The decisions that we're making right now are going to impact our our health in the future. So it's such a great opportunity for us to just check in and see how we're doing and and say, hey, are there some adjustments that I know right now that I can make in order to live a healthier life in the future? If there are, it's on us. It's our responsibility to make those adjustments. And finally, a great place to start is what is optimal health look like for you? What areas do you want to improve? How do you want to feel? And if you would like some support and some help, we've got Julian's website is linked in the show notes so that you can go there yourself and get access to some great resources that can help you. That's the art of life, or I'm sorry, the art of fitness and So go check out his website if you'd like some more information. But thank you so much. You know, after the interview, Julie and I were just talking just for a minute about how absolutely beautiful it is to be able to share focus and attention with with someone else. If they just listen to your message, right? How, How absolutely valuable and beautiful it is and how grateful he was telling me how grateful he is to be able to um, have anyone to listen to his message and to share some time, some space, some focus, some attention. And, you know, I absolutely agree with those words. So I want to thank you so much for your time and your attention today. I know you have a lot of places that you could put it, and I am so grateful that you shared some of it here with Julian and me on this episode of the Begin Within podcast. If you would, be so kind. If you haven't already, please rate and review this show in your podcast player. Whether you listen on Spotify or iTunes or somewhere else, if there's a way to rate and review it, please do. The reason I'm asking you to do that is it helps other people to find the show as they're searching on that same podcast platform. The shows that have the most engagement from listeners, right, which is ratings and reviews, those are the ones that often come up first in search results. So if you would be so kind, you're going to be helping me out because then I'll be able to help others and you'll also be able to help so many other people to find the show. Thanks again for being here with me. I can't wait to talk to you again next week here on the Begin Within Podcast.